Ladies and gentlemen, in the blue corner, standing at a sleek 5'11", 245 pounds, the tumultuous tempest of technique, Thomas Lilly. And in the red corner, at a curvaceous 5'11", 315 pounds, the jovial juggernaut of judgment, John Cheryl Sheridan. A meeting of the masters of mastication turn your attention as they delve deep into all things lifting and more. This is Peak Speak. And we're back with exciting news. Yes, we are now professional. We have a sponsor for the show, which is awesome for us, but even more awesome for you. Indeed, because who doesn't love a sweet, sweet online shopping discount code? And in this case, it's an online shopping discount code that gets you delicious coffee delivered to your doorstep. From our good friends, Prism Coffee, who are four Canberra lads who I've known for a while. Uh, who've all worked in and around the specialty coffee industry for some time now and now uh, out on their own they've got a roaster they're roasting beans uh, and just generally kicking ass with delicious coffee so john how do the people get this amazing <laughs> discount you speak of go to their website which is prismcoffee.com.au pick from the couple of different blends and some single origins that they've got you can get it ground you can get it in whole beans if you prefer to grind your own they've got all of the options uh, and then you use the code PEAKSPEAK in the discount bit of the shopping cart and uh, you'll get a sneaky 10% off and it'll rock up on your doorstep in some amount of time I don't remember exactly what it is but I think they express post everything so hopefully quickly perfect Amazing. And well, that's it. Without further ado, here's, here's the episode. Yeah. Enjoy. Presented by Thomas Lilly and John Sarah and Baby Cry in the Background, not included. Crazy. Which means we're back here with Peak Speak, but Sans, the second best host of Peak Speak. Uh, and instead, in his place, we have Jamie Smith from Melbourne Strength Culture. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thank Thomas you. was a little too busy this week to fit things in, and so uh, he's got several hundred machines worth of equipment to unpack from a container, and I do not envy him in the slightest. No, well, uh, so, the, the, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever moved a gym, but the worst thing about gym equipment is that it's heavy. And it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really it's, fucking heavy. And it's, and it's made to be heavy. Yeah. Like, they and, want it as heavy as possible. And so sturdy I, I, and hard to yeah. move. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I, um, when we first moved the gym from uh, our old location where we are now, my mum came past at one point, point and asked me about like, you know, security systems. I was like, Did you, she was like, do you have an alarm? I was like, no, because I don't want to fucking turn the alarm off every time some idiot comes in at nine thirty at night. She goes, oh, what about people coming to steal stuff? And I said, man, it took us like fucking 12 hours and yeah. five cars with trailers and a truck and like 20 blokes to move all this shit. If you want to come and steal it, like good luck. Yeah. I've, uh, what, what we did, our security system to protect the uh, equipment was I bolted the rack down in front of the roller door. <laughs> yeah, perfect. So if you, if you can't in, actually get anything out. Yeah. You've got a rack that's bolted to the ground right there. Good luck. Good luck getting yeah. anything past it. Yeah, perfect. So, oh, God, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to be in a position where I don't think we're going to have to move anytime soon because yeah. fuck that noise. But on that segue, I hear you're moving soon, which is exciting news. We are. We are. We've... Uh, decided to roll the dice and move into a 
well, it's a new, it's not a, it's not a brand new facility, but it's a, a new location. Um, only 250 meters down the road, but doesn't, uh, make it doesn't it, matter. It doesn't <laughs> like, make it, it could be 250 different. meters. It could be 250 kilometers. It's still just <laughs> as miserable. Yeah. But we're, uh, we're moving into a 551 square meter facility. 50% of it is warehouse. Um, and 50% of it is office spaces and, uh, and just, open area for us to use and grow into because the funny thing is like we're at this we're at where we're currently at like our gym's not massive you've been there once like yeah, our yeah. Gym's not, it's not massive but um we haven't outgrown the gym we've outgrown the office spaces like just the way our business rolls more yeah. than half of our members are online um we've got four full-time staff now plus an in-house physio who's expanding and, and getting on another guy part-time and we're just there's a lot of bodies there's a lot of people that work out of the facility but um yeah, so the gym itself that we're moving to is only about thirty five percent bigger, like the 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 gym, gym area. Floor, yeah. But yeah, our office space is is tripled. So, um, and that's what we wanted. We needed yeah. more space. So, uh, it's a fresh start, and it's it's going to be good. It's going to be. I can't wait. I actually can't wait. Especially when you've got a team of coaches like that, I think there's something to be said for, especially in an industry where so much of what we do is like online or moving online, actually being able to be in the same room as everyone and be able to do all of that sort of stuff has got to make such a big difference. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's the meetings. The meetings are... And, and what I've learned is... And this is what good coaching is and this is just what everything is. It's... It's just communication, like it's transferring ideas and, and having everybody on the same wavelength. And like, I'm, I'm sure everybody experienced it last year, even Zoom calls, like yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it, it just slows everything down. It, it makes everything so much, there's so much more friction to get ideas across and to actually, uh, to, to, to get things moving. Whereas yeah. having a team where we can just have meetings, we can get together, we can, we can nut things out, we can, just talk and, and, and unpack ideas and look at different programming strategies and play around with variables and things. It's just, it's so good. And I mean, I, I, I talk about it often, but it, it, strength culture is the four of us. Like it, yeah. it, it, it's it, it, as much as this move is, yeah, it's, it's my financial input, but it's, it's everybody's feeling this growth that's occurring and going through this thing. So uh, anything that can make our team more cohesive and, and, and to grow together, that's that's what we want. So more office spaces was the answer and we found a place that fits fits the criteria and it's I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. So you're gonna have like a like a classroom space for more sort of in person workshop stuff or Yeah, so um the way it's laid out is downstairs um is obviously the full gym space and there's a uh, like a front entrance foyer thing that will obviously set up to be an actual front entrance and then uh there's like a uh the physio room will be down the back in the back right corner but then there's in between the front foyer and the physio space there's this open area that will hopefully make like a bit of a chill space um we 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 have a lot of members and I'm sure you're probably the same. We have a lot of members that want to be at the gym. Yeah. Like it, it really is that third home. It's like your workplace, your home. And then, yeah, man, that third place is so important. Yeah. People spend literally three hours there, not by because their program takes three hours, just because you're talking that your friends are there. Yeah. So I want to actually create a space for that. Um, maybe put a ping pong table in there. I think that would be cool. Like the space for the, just little things like that. I think that'll be, um, always just lift the vibes of the place. And then upstairs, is all offices so yeah 
there's a glass box office which is crazy just inbuilt already in there yeah, so nice. we're definitely going to be doing the podcast studio have to yeah. get the rolling that rolling again Fuck but then yeah. our, we'll have our our general office which will just be the four of us which is now almost double the size of what we're currently operating out of um and then there's this huge space where we could probably have i'd say 40 to 50 people on a chair um yep. So we'll get a we'll 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 deck that out. Luckily, we have a uh, a member at the gym who works for one of Australia's um, highest or biggest uh, audio sound. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, like reverberations and and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. So we're gonna we're decking the gym out with soundproofing. We're decking all the offices out with stuff. Like we're yeah, we're making nice. this thing. I don't know if anyone's seen the fantasy factory that hybrid have sort of created. Oh man, watching that shit build has been like, and what watching like yeah. you guys do it and watching the, the people that I know in the space build spaces that they fucking love. It's like, oh man, it's like, yeah, that's what we're doing. The power that's literally there's the two inspirations is the fantasy factory, uh, from, from hybrid and then Eugene Teo's gym. So yeah. we're going to just, we're making a combo of the two of them. Um, so yeah. It, I want this place to literally be the pinnacle of what has been created thus far in uh, Australian S and C, and it's going to take a lot of money, but, I, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's going everything to be worth good. doing costs money in the it's end. It's going to be good. So I think that segues again nicely because apparently now I'm the professional segue master, not Thomas. Um, into what I kind of wanted to talk about today, which was really like what it takes to make a career out of out of fitness out of coaching whether that's in the sort of strength powerlifting realm that we run in or perhaps in the athletic development or or any of those sort of areas because i think while the specialties are all a little bit different there's obviously going to be some similarity just across the board in terms of the industry itself and i know that you've had a a mixed approach to the the learnings and stuff that you've done across different areas and i wanted to kind of then unpack both your own experience but also what you've seen as some of the more common areas that people miss or areas that people don't perhaps pay enough attention to through your work with your like coach development program and and stuff like that um so in terms of start points you want to just give us a bit of an overview of about your sort of educational background how you got to where you are today that that kind of bio yeah for sure um so like most people that start in our industry started pretty young uh i was only 19 at the time and fell into it by nature of going to uni for business related uh subjects and just didn't enjoy it at all and then was like what am i going to do i enjoy training typical conversation with yourself i enjoy training i'm kind of good at it I, I got somewhat strong in the early days i think just genetically i'm i'm down that typical fast twitch end of the spectrum so saw some early gains in training and it was like, oh, I could do this, go and do my certs. So I went and went down the cereal aisle, cereal box, got my certificate out of there, <laughs> and then was <laughs> on my merry way um, and started at a commercial gym for only a small period of time, maybe six, six to nine months. And then uh, the manager at the gym started a smaller studio and was filling it out with about four or five PTs and was like look man the opportunity is here if you want to come across and work out of the small space um we can help build you up and all that and i was there for three or four years and it was really good i it was it was fantastic for what i needed at the time but eventually it just got to a point where i was like i think some of our 
our uh, our ideas of what training and, and programming all this sort of stuff it just wasn't it just wasn't aligning anymore so um it was all right i think i need to move on um i had these dreams like most young coaches to to work in the elite sector um i think we've all gone through it we've all probably done internships at different places um so i was doing some internships with woodford sports science consulting um it's where i hired my first coach which was john paul kauke and he was the one that really showed me the light of what true coaching and true programming and true training really is um and I'll be forever grateful of that. And he's still one of my best friends now. But, uh, and then I also did a small internship with a VFL club um, as well. So I was really pushing for that athletic development route. Um, and then I got fired from Carlton Football Club. Uh, and then that was the sort of the fork in the road. It was like, you can chase this dream to be a snc coach for the elite sector and try and climb a a proverbial ladder up the the mountain of success and attain one of the i worked it out at the time i can't remember the exact number but it was really only about 30 jobs in australia for snc that paid above sixty thousand a year yeah um and they were literally like your, your typical ones like your high performance managers and your um and your head of snc uh, there was a few at the VIS. There was a few at the AIS. Um, but outside of that, it was you speak to any coach in those industries, they're always still working in some format with one-on-one clients at some gym somewhere to, to, to manage their wage a little bit more and to actually make a decent income. Um, and it just it didn't, it didn't appeal to me. I, I experienced it when I was at Carlton for a small period and I just didn't like that idea. Um, so it was like, all right, what's next? So I went to Woodford old mate Woody and I said Woody what do I do and he's like you go to America go and see what is actually possible so I googled American internships <laughs> and I came across Mike Boyle Eric Cressy fuck you landed um, on the right one didn't you yeah I was already following those guys so yeah. um, and then the other one was Mike Robertson at IFAST yeah. with Bill Hartman and Bill yeah, Hartman yeah. is now just decided to swamp our industry with about six different words that no one's ever used before. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and like a, an approach to understanding movement that seems to be best supplemented with like fistfuls of acid and like introspection <laughs> yeah. and an understanding of molecular psychology and all kinds of craziness. He's gone. He's, he's really macro viewed movement into uh, yeah, it's fucking global, crazy, global universal laws, which is yeah. cool. Go for your life, man. But I don't know. I think in about 12 months, two years, we're going to turn around and be like, what the fuck was that period of this <laughs> yeah. industry? But Dude, it's a, but it's a fascinating it. thought experiment. Like that's the, the, the thing that I've taken out of watching a lot of his stuff and listening to his stuff is like, it fascinates me as a concept to think about while I'm walking my dog, but it has yeah. almost no relevance to like how I actually coach people or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what we've come up with as a team. It's like, it's cool to think about, but it's yeah, not cool to yeah. apply. Like, you yeah, just yeah. don't need to apply it. There's nothing wrong with flexion and extension. Like, you can yeah. use those terms if you want. But, um, so, yeah, I'm looking for internships. That were the three. I applied at all three. The first one that responded was uh, Cressy or Pete, his, his, uh, the other, 
the, the business side of Cressy Sports Performance who started with Eric, um, Pete Dupuy, who's a fantastic resource for any oh, coaches out there from yeah. a business perspective. One of my favorite Instagram accounts when it comes to like yeah, the fitness unreal. industry, especially from the business standpoint. Like it's the yeah. content he can put out in a 140 character tweet as a screenshot on Instagram is crazy. Yeah, he's... Um, He's fantastic, and I'd highly recommend checking him out. But he was the first one that responded and just started the process, and and that was the that was the decision to that completely changed everything for me. As Woodford ex, uh, explained to me, he's like, go over there, see what's possible, come back, and then make a call on what you want to do. I went there. I truly believe I just landed in the best private facility in the world which is Cressy Sports Performance Massachusetts that thing is a machine their business is a machine Eric and his brain is a machine it's a computer every every decision that that thing has made is like the whole the cliche check versus uh, chess versus checkers like they're they're playing the Bill Hartman version of chess like they're they're looking at this thing from a far greater and it, it was just cool to be part of. I was there for five months and obviously unpaid internship, just working 32 hours a week on the floor and then a bit of programming stuff, a bit of education stuff, but really just being part of the, the team and the environment was what showed me what was possible for a gym. And then sitting over there in my armchair in Massachusetts, visually looking back at Australia and it's just not, there's just, there was nothing there. There, there really wasn't. So it was like, all right, I'm going to roll the dice and try and do this. I had a little bit of money saved up. Um, got a small loan from my parents uh, to help me fit the fit out of the initial gym. Um, only about 20 grand that I needed to cover it. And that was the start of it. Came home. Within a month, we opened. And it's just been strength culture ever since. And my goal has always been to create what I felt at CSP Massachusetts in Australia. Um and every decision that I've made since then has been part of what can we do to move in that direction. It's like the beacon for me. Um, and I think we're, we're starting to make those strides now, at really creating a hub of strength. Theirs is S&C, but ours is going to be strength training. Yeah. You want anything related to strength training? Knock on our door. We'll fucking sort you out. So that's the end goal with what we're doing. The move with the facility is going to forward that the, the growth online is doing that our content what we want to do with that it's all so that's where we're at now and it's been five years nearly which is cool and yeah yeah um, it's been fun yeah man so do you think obviously the the industry as a whole is very different in america to what it is in australia like you said i i had dreams like you of working for i wanted to work for the brumbies because i'm a rugby union yeah, fan and i was like nice. yeah and it was actually burgundy um, bit of burgundy and gold <laughs> it was it was actually um the it was marcus markopoulos who said to me at oh, one yeah. point it was like you know you work for a team like that you get a squad of 30 guys maybe like three of them like training in the way that you do and the rest are there because it's your job yeah. and then it, you know in now in the position that i'm in where like i get to work with people who want to be here and i know they want to be here because they pay money for it and they pay good money you know like it's they're not paying do- cents and dollars for their yeah, weekly yeah. membership they're paying a real membership fee that's about I- engagement and buy-in in the process and i think uh 
that realization for me and recognizing that actually what I wanted was people I can work with who are fucking as bought into the process as I am uh, was the thing that sort of tipped me over the edge and pushed me down that road for sure. Yeah, for, and, and from a fun, exactly the same experience, exactly the same experience for myself and not just us two. There's hundreds of coaches yeah. similar to us that have gone through that process. But the common debate, and, and you see it on social media all the time, that S&C, private, uh, uh, elite sector S&C is not paid enough. They don't know their worth. They don't know their value. And it, it took me a few years to realize, like businesses and operations and industries don't work in that way. Like capitalism is a real thing and people weigh up the pros and cons and the financial gain and loss for certain roles and all of this sort of stuff and i think there's a reason that the snc team is paid so little compared to some of the other the coaching and the high performance and the guys that are connecting all of these different areas to create this high performance snc is just one small tiny piece of this big model and then you take it you take it a layer further it actually doesn't influence as much as we actually think. Like mm. at the end of the day, it's strength training. It's a little bit of just put some load through your body and, yeah, and don't get them ready. Yeah, get them ready for next week. Like that's yeah. literally all it becomes. And there's so many higher priority things in the structure that I think they get paid probably what their their value is to the team, um, yeah. which is unfortunate, but it's... I don't think it's going to change here in Australia. And when you said like it's different in America, I actually thought about this and I wrote a blog on my very first website about it and I wish I had the blog, but I didn't know it until I got over there. But um, Cress's gym was, I'd say 75% junior athletes. And when I say junior, I'm saying under 16s, like 14, 15 year olds, like the school bell would ring and this place would flood. And I'm like 100 kids would come in, crush it. Yeah. like 180 kilo trap bars there, uh, there was two kids that used to do split squats with 140 kilos that was 16 years old just like it's, it's a completely different level and i was yeah. like why is this so common over here compared to australia and i i'd thought about it for ages and i boiled it down to um uh college scholarships yes that is it yeah that has that for, for families to get their child to get any sporting scholarship to save $100,000 on their... That is what drives that whole thing forward. And it, it and it's just flown in both directions. It's changed their elite sector and it's changed their junior sector and it's created this whole machine that we will never no. catch up to, no. ever. And until you go over there and see one of these gyms rolling with 100 kids that are 15, crushing weights crushing sprints crushing everything like you just it's a completely different kettle of fish like we're not even close no. to the potential of what it is yeah and i think not having the the like genetic pool of athletes to be yeah, pushed into well. that is is obviously but that i think carries itself as well because by having a fucking crazy genetic pool you can have so many more levels of competition where a college scholarship is a genuine like advantage it's it's not a case of like in australia in most sports where unless you make it in the top tier you're not making any money uh whereas in the states you can play levels of sport where you can actually still make a living out of it and and do all those sort of things yeah it's um it's cool over there and i would highly recommend obviously travels (laughs) but um yeah there is something to seeing i i call it the future but going to these places and and even like yourself like coaches in canberra 
go go to Burley like go and see what is actually possible for a, a good gym and and come to us come to guys like JPS go to go to like muscle nerds up in uh, up in Queensland like these athletes authority core advantage like these big gyms they go and be part of them go and experience what it's actually like to be part of an actual good gym like the zero gyms like it it, it yeah. can change your perception of what is possible yeah for um, sure man you, I think that's a big part of it the one for me that I continually look at is watching what the Roochies have done in Perth. Like they're, yeah, yeah. from a powerlifting perspective, I think their facility is the best in the world. Like in terms of the equipment they have, the the way they can run meets, it's fucking mind-blowing. And I, I've always thought, if, you know, if I can do something like what they're doing, but on a slightly smaller scale, I'm stoked. Yeah. Uh, so you obviously went down the road of owning your own facility, being your own boss, which comes with by the very nature it comes with a series of challenges shall we say that are above and beyond just how do you make this person slightly stronger than they were when they came to you do you feel like you were always destined to be that business owner end of things do you feel like you fell into it and found something that worked for you and how do you talk to people who you think fit more into like the e-myth revisited style of like technician as opposed to entrepreneur yeah yeah, uh, just for context, for anyone that hasn't read the E-Myth, there's sort of three general traits or characteristics of people. Technician is the guys that just really want to get good at their craft. Manager are the people that sort of build systems and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got your entre- entrepreneurial mind that's a little bit more forward-thinking, sort of just run through walls. Someone else can clean up the shit behind me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely what I, uh, I resonate with. Um, it's like... That's where we want to get. We'll work it out. Let's just move in that direction. Yeah. Knock some shit down along the way and see what, see what happens. happens. Yeah. Piss some people off if it, yeah, whatever happens. And I look back at some of the key decisions in my growth through my career thus far. Um, and they've all been those sort of decisions where it's like, oh, I could, I could go or I could hold back and it's like fuck it i'm going let's just yeah, roll it let's man. do it my favorite so, example of that was when trent asked me to run ptc canberra and i said yeah. yes without talking to my girlfriend at the time i was yeah. like like first phone call like fuck yeah i'm in yeah, <laughs> like we hadn't talked about being paid or anything like that <laughs> we had like a week and a half worth of fights about that but hey like yeah. several years later we're still here yeah, so it, it's it gonna out. work out and yeah it's one of those things like you're in control of ultimately what can happen so you may as well just got to work hard, put your head down, continue at it. And this is the biggest thing, uh, the biggest thing that I've seen so far. And again, I've only, I'd only say that my career started five years ago when I started Strength Culture. The first four or five years were just fluffing around, playing yeah. around. Um, but literally just outlasting other people and outlasting other companies, like that's part of what, it's, it's the survivorship bias or whatever, but that's part of it. Like you just got to keep showing up. If you, as long as you take a little step forward every day from a career perspective in like business or, or your coaching or what you're able to create and the, the value for your clients, like that adds up. It just keeps adding up and you, you'll you get to a point. But um, back to the original question from uh, starting the gym, I wouldn't recommend at all starting no. the gym. Yeah, me neither. To nine out of 10 coaches. Um, and this is some of the content that Pete puts out, Pete Dupuy again, coming back to him, but... Related to like, if, if your sole desire to open a gym is that you can be your own boss, um, you're in for like a, a, a true harsh reality. Like there's yeah. so many new 
things that are going to influence your outcome at the end of the day, your ability to manage finances, your ability to manage people, um, your cleaning, like your, your cleanliness and, and your ability to upkeep the facility and, and, do, and, and maintain the high value thing that needs to be there to create something. You know, like all of those little things yeah, you want to be your own boss, but do you want this entire new package of a new job um, to come with it? And most people aren't really ready for all those things. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know that that was part of it when I started. I was pretty, I was twenty three yeah, when I neither started. Did I, neither did I. <laughs> yeah, um, but I found out very quickly, like very quickly, that those things. <laughs> yeah, and ultimately. Uh, do I think a technician could make a fantastic facility? 100%. Do I think a technician and, and those sort of very technical people can make a f- full-blown business that runs and operates and creates wealth and creates ultimately profit and, and generates and grows? No. Um, moving into the online space uh, is a fantastic opportunity that most people should be looking into um, online coaching and all that sort of stuff to, to, to go with a sound in-person training model. I think a hybrid of that where you can still become your own boss and, and work for yourself and make the decisions for, for the things you want to do just in an online space. I think that's probably going to be a better fit for most people. Um, and I think it has really changed and shifted with social media. Like, And Brett Contreras actually put this up the other week um he's like 10 years ago it was owning a facility was the yeah. marker of a good coach but now it's not it's really not it's owning a facility is, is a fucking burden for some people <laughs> and squashes their potential to be a great coach so like i think the gold standard of high level coach has a facility i think that has sort of diminished with social media and the presence of social media and you, you just have to look at some of these massive accounts which are pretty much from the outside looking in it's like one person it's one front man yeah they'll have a team but ultimately you don't need a space anymore your online space is a space that you can work into and build and develop and create a business from um and i think it's a far better fit for most of the quote-unquote technicians who maybe don't have those business or the desires to really be a leader and and do all of that sort of stuff because it is completely different because then you see a guy like eugene who is like completely prime online. example but yeah prime example but then has this amazing facility that no one's allowed to go into because he lives there like it's in his house <laughs> like it's it's this amazing thing that uh he's developed into a thing that yeah it's i've just yeah. built this cool place that i get to do whatever i want in and also make a living out of i think that's really yeah. cool I that's know a that prime example of what's possible for anyone yeah. out there follow eugene Teo because he he's he's doing it yeah, he's fuck definitely no. doing and he's it. hilarious to follow anyway, yeah, he's as well, good. which he's helps. Um, but I think, from my standpoint, I one of the things certainly since we took we took over and it became Burley Strength as opposed to PTC Canberra that it was before that. One of the things that I was most adamant about was that I wasn't going to rent space to PTs. Like I was building my business and it was my brand and what I wanted. And I, and it's still the long term goal is to, like, you have a team of coaches who are bought into the the idea, right? Are, are bought yeah. into that thing because then what you get is a team of people who fucking love what they do and get to push hard at developing their skills in an area that they really love without all of the bullshit that comes with owning a facility and doing yeah. all those sort of things. Because there's. I, and I have this discussion with 
some people about like how my role in the gym has changed over the years because we went from a gym of 30 people where I spent most of my time on the floor to a gym of like 75 people where I spent a lot of time in the office doing the work of coaching that many people, running the gym, you know, hosting meets, all those other things that are part of what we do to make money, but are also, uh, you know, sort of fit in that bucket of gym owner as opposed to coach. Like I I wear two hats, you know, and um, I like both of them. I didn't realize I'd like the gym owner thing quite as much as I do. Uh, but I now recognize that it's also definitely not something that everyone wants to do because it's no. fucking hard. And and it's, it even extrapolates outside of our industry. Like the, I mean, I'm, I'm confident everyone makes up the figures, but it's like 90% of business owners yeah. fail in the first two years or whatever it is. Like, um, but it's true. It is true. It's, it's not for everyone. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone and I'm sure you wouldn't either. But nah. for certain people, and you, you talk about having the two hats, as a result of COVID, I've completely removed the coaching hat. I know I have eight online clients of people that I want to coach. Yeah. Um, everyone else is now part of the team. It's part of the. It's just. It's. It, I. I couldn't do what I want to do with the business still wearing that hat. So, for some coaches out there, like ultimately, that's the direction that you're probably going to need to take in some capacity um, to really build what you want to build and. And if you're not willing to stop coaching and you love it and you're passionate about it, setting up systems that allow you to continue to do that is probably more important for you um, as well. So, because I couldn't, I couldn't no longer wear the two hats. Oh man, and I yeah. and I talked to you about this. So I did your uh, business of strength is the name of it. Yep. Yes, yep. Uh, of course. Recently, and that was one of the things I said to you early on was like I'm at a point where I'm the the roadblock in my business because there's only so many people I can coach effectively and still not have the whole fucking place burned down around me because I just don't have enough time in a day to be able to manage all of those things. So yeah, it's really cool to see people like yourself and people like Thomas uh, who are now in a position where they have a team of coaches and are able to step back slightly from the actual coaching aspect of it, which for me is also the goal. Like I love coaching but I love the idea of having a team of coaches that I'm helping develop so that they can then develop their clients and, and you know, build that out as one big team. I think that's really cool to see uh, in yeah. action in the end. And again, it's, it's one of those things like when I was in America and I looked back, it hadn't really been created yet. There was a few gyms that were starting to. We definitely have some now. Woodford, yeah. Core Advantage, Athletes Authority, Thomas, the JPS guys, like that, that same, probably the Roochies. I don't know. I don't know them too, too deep, but... Uh, I know their facility is massive Fine, and yeah, a whole crazy. bunch of money in there from somewhere. So I'm assuming fantastic business people as well. But um, like they're starting to pop up and they're, 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 it's an opportunity now. And, and hopefully those are the, like us and, and all those other facilities I've just listed show that it is possible. Um, but it's definitely a different path than what was happening five to 10 years ago. Um, yeah. yeah. So the, the industry is moving forward and it, it, it really is... Um, it really is growing. It's 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 cool to see. It's fantastic, yeah, to see. and I think it's really easy as uh, someone who probably leans slightly further towards the cynical end of the spectrum. I think it's really easy to spend a lot of time looking at all the negatives that come out of the fitness industry, but when you're like me fortunate enough to roll in circles where there are a ton of incredibly successful people, both in Australia and across the world, doing things that 
fucking light their fire and be able to see them grow and develop i think it's really cool to be able to like realize that yeah there's actually a lot of really incredibly positive things that are coming out of an industry you know like the the fact that we can sit here and have this conversation and hopefully speak to some people who are perhaps as into training as we were 10 15 years ago and considering the idea as a as a career can sort of recognize that maybe it is a path they want to take maybe it isn't maybe it's too much you know i think a lot of people fall into a, a like hey i like training this is something i want to do and i've had this conversation with people who are like insecure employment or or you know uh have a, a career outside of the things they do in the gym it's like oh i want to make this switch i'm like oh okay cool you but you've got to be ready to like eat <laughs> yeah. some shit for a few years yeah because uh, yeah it's it's a a sink or swim environment i think in the scheme yeah, of things yeah, for sure for sure. There's also one other gym that I'd be remiss to, to miss uh, in that, in who's doing what I would say from a team perspective is Rasheen Hawley, Barbell Babes Brigade down in Melbourne as well. Um, from a female leader, that is probably one of the best ones. If, you, if you're a female coach who, who's starting out and wants to move in that direction, link up with Rasheen. Um, she has a fantastic team. She's doing everything else um, as part of it running an actual business and building a business so i'd be remiss to to skip that to skip that name yeah nice so what do you feel like maybe like two or three sort of key takeaways that a aspiring coach perhaps someone who's still relatively new to the fitness industry uh or considering that jump what do you feel like are the three key areas that maybe looking back and i i fucking hate the premise of this idea of like what what would you tell jamie 10 years ago because i fucking hate that idea because i'm really stoked with where i am and i wouldn't change anything because every single dumbass mistake i've made in the last 10 years put me in the spot i am now but what do you feel like the the two or three points of advice you you could give are I think the the first step for anyone is find a good coach. I think that is without a doubt. Um, just hire hire the person who is three or four years ahead of where you're currently at, um, and that's ultimately what mentors are. They're just people that have walked the path you're on, and they're going to help you skip a few steps or jump over a log a bit easier. Um, the process of just hiring a coach, you'll learn so much. You'll learn about programming. You'll learn about um, communication. You'll learn about different streams of uh, strategies for programming long-term. You'll learn about management of week-to-week variables. You'll learn about all those sort of things. And ultimately, that's the crux of what we do, what anyone does in our industry. It's it's people management and, and, and learning how to manipulate all the variables to get someone closer to where they want to be. So if you don't currently have a coach, hire a coach would definitely be the first step um, for anything without a doubt um, I think also like it's cliche to say build a network but um, what what I've found with people who attempt to build networks is it's 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 almost like you think oh just because you know and, and to a degree it is that but it's a very passive relationship within that network where it's just like oh yeah I know those guys like it's cool like we yeah we, we shake hands at a powerlifting comp or anything like that, but actually like get to know people and be and be active in the relationship and, and and open up to people that are willing to that are on the same sort of level and, and willing to to be opened up to and, and discuss ideas and all of that sort of stuff. Because quite often what you're feeling and facing if you are as a new coach, um, everybody else is probably feeling and facing those same hurdles and 
until you're willing to talk about your problems, um, you'll never really get the true value of what a good network of, of like-minded people around you are. Um, and this is for me, my staff, like my, my girlfriend, um, she works for herself, uh, mainly in the online space, but um, she has a, a group of coaches that she, she works with um, or, or networks with who they're really, really close. And she asked me yesterday, she's like, oh, do you have other people that are in your industry that are really close to you? And for me, I don't really have people that I, I turn to and ask for advice because my team is that. Mm. But ultimately, like you can create a team of people that you can bounce ideas off and all of that sort of stuff if, you, if, if you're willing to go a little bit extra step in the networking process because it is lonely, uh, particularly working for yourself. Uh, the guys that come through our CDP and our in-house internship and all that sort of stuff, the guys that are renting space at commercial gyms, um, particularly if you don't align your values and your principles with the other people, it can become very isolating because you feel like you're on your own in this big gym with 3,000 members, but you're the only one that really has these ideas of programming and progression and and this more structured sound training of, of strength training or whatever application you're doing. So... When you find good people, don't be afraid to let those people in and talk and discuss and, and all that sort of stuff because the people around you are ultimately going to be your success long-term. Um, so even working for yourself, you can find those people in your life. So that'd be two key ones that I would say. Um, the other one would probably just be learn, invest. Don't be afraid to drop some money on a course because it will come back tenfold and whether or not it comes back now or in a decision two years down the track, you will pick up little bits and pieces that shape the way you do things and build efficiencies in both your skill set and hopefully your business strategy as well. Um, that would probably be the third one. Just invest. Don't be afraid to invest money. We make money to spend money. That's ultimately what it's there for. It's a resource. Um, accumulating it is great, but you may as well put it to use in some capacity and putting it into your own brain is probably the best thing that you can do for yourself. Um, so probably three very generic things, but hopefully with a slight different uh, spin, I guess. Yeah, man. I, look, I think ultimately those sort of questions always come down to what is relatively generic advice, right? That's the nature of providing yeah. broad spectrum advice. But... I think the value is not in the broad spectrum advice, but in the fact that it continues to be said by everyone when you ask the same questions, right? Like you yeah. ask any good coach or any good gym owner those same questions and they're going to say something to this, to a similar effect because those are the things that fucking matter. And I think being able to recognize both like your own uh, – your own development and, and where you are in that development cycle. You know, like I, I talked about at the end of, end of 2019, I talked to a lot of people about feeling like I'd just finished an apprenticeship. Like I'd, I'd owned the gym for four years. I kind of felt like I was ready to like actually push hard and do some shit, like some bigger things. And then fucking COVID hit and that put a real stop on a lot of things because I had to just manage putting fires out basically. But um. But recognizing like where you sit in that development cycle and that, yeah, maybe you don't know everything and maybe you do need to, to talk to people and learn some more and be able to have your ideas challenged and stuff like that. I'd, I'd, I'd even, I'd, I'd 100% mirror that exact feeling is what I'm feeling right now with the move that's about to happen. It's like I get to use this last five years of growth and the lessons and 
the many, many fuck-ups that happened <laughs> and, and start fresh in a new facility yeah. with my team now being built. Um, I, I actually have that feeling where people would, uh, not from an ego standpoint, but people would look at where I'm at and be like, that's fucking crazy. Like, But I've got the complete opposite view. I'm like, it's just starting. Like it's yeah. fucking about to go now. Like it's... Um, it is a good feeling and ultimately when you work hard at anything like those moments do occur for you and um the old smelling the roses goes a long way <laughs> maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah i've i've had many a moment where i've sat back in an empty gym on a fucking friday night having turned the lights out and had to like just stop and remind myself like what's going on like even moving here when so we were like two years into owning the gym basically when we moved here I sat in the corner of this place when we'd emptied it all out, set everything up ready for the equipment. Like the night before, it's fucking 11.30 at night, the night before we're going to move everything. And I like, I sat in the corner and cried. Like I looked out over this gym and went like, what the fuck am I doing? This is such a crazy thing. Like this, this gym is so big, like this is fucked. And now I look back on that five years later and I'm like, oh yeah, actually like we're doing all right. Like, we're doing there's, there's still a lot of uh, still a lot of things I want to do. There's still a lot of mistakes I've made, but um, I wouldn't fucking trade it for the world. I've got one more. I've got one more piece <laughs> of advice. Excellent. No one knows what the fuck they're doing. Oh my god, same. No one. <laughs> it doesn't matter what level you're at in any industry. We're all just trying our best. No oh, <laughs> like, man. Literally. Dude, that um, nothing has made that lesson more <laughs> apparent to me in my life than having a child and talking yeah. to people who have children and being like, oh, actually, none of us really know how this works. And we're all <laughs> yes. just like, oh, like, oh, maybe you shouldn't eat that. Maybe you should. I don't know. Like, fuck. And yeah, that recognizing that both in like being a parent, but then the, the broader lesson of like no one really fucking knows what's going on is a refreshing point of view. Also yeah, terrifying, yeah. like to realize that the the brink of society is on uh, on the brink of collapse because no one really fucking knows what's going on but a lot of people will tell you they do yeah literally and that's what it is people people speak with conviction and and we're all we all do it in certain areas in certain conversations like we speak with conviction as if it's a truth in what is occurring but (laughs) yeah you just get better at hiding it you get you you have four beers and you start (laughs) unraveling and you're like fuck man I'm, i'm running this mentorship I don't even know what I'm doing in two weeks time. Like what am I meant to like? It's just no one knows. It's just a constant cycle of just do your best. Um, yeah. Because I, I remember in the early days when I was like in the, in that first part of my career, that three, four or five years where I was just sort of fumbling around internships and all sort of stuff. I used to think like, oh, I'm going to like, this person knows this thing. And yeah, gonna, yeah, like, yeah. That method. And I did this with Woodford. I was like, that method is the way he's got. Yeah. Why are not, why are there not more people listening to this guy talk about glutes? <laughs> and then, and then eventually I get, I turn around and I ask him like, man, what do you, and, and it's just an open conversation. I don't know. It just it works well. People feel better. I would just do it. Like, <laughs> oh, crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I think that, is a very powerful lesson that we can leave people to contemplate in an ongoing fashion because uh, yeah, ultimately no one really knows what's going on and we're all just stardust evolving into yeah, all kinds of weirdness. And, this, and we just come back to Bill Hartman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the acid trip wormhole. Maybe. Bill has the answer. Maybe he does. Maybe it's and all expansion and compression. He's just starting to yeah. leak us some 
some small tastes yeah, perfect. of what, it, what the answer is. I'm LSD. down for small tastes of the answer. I don't, I don't want the whole answer. I just want like little teasers about it because I reckon tickets, that's where yeah. the fun is. Because the imagination is just as important yeah, as the, exactly. actual, the real thing. Yeah. Exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> Look, I, th- I think that's a great place to leave it. Uh, do you want to tell everyone where to find you at this point and, uh, and perhaps plug your coach development, which starts again soon, does it not? Yeah, yeah we're, we're about a month out. Um, yeah, Melbourne Strength Culture just google it instagram it whatever um you'll find me on there uh we do have a coach development program which is our online 12-week course uh this is the third iteration of this specific one um 12 weeks we just go through most of the principle driven decision making that needs to occur from a programming a training and understanding of movement biomechanics um it's pretty much our entire system of coaching in a 12-week course but one of the one of the changes that we have made um is our in-house internship really just started to create minions of strength culture um and people that could work really well for us but in the bat in the big bad world of working for themselves or at other gyms and stuff like they couldn't implement our systems specifically so i'm really going to try and take a, a far better approach with this to give it a little bit more just like critical thinking critical analysis yeah. of specific things and apply it as best you can in your situation um and then also this iteration is going to be a lot more live lessons where in the past i've done just pretty much pre-recorded modules way more live lessons almost double the amount of live lessons with half the amount of uh, pre-recorded stuff because i think that uh the conversation as i said at the start like it's it ultimately we get better by conversing it's not yeah, the man. physical writing programs and stuff it's, it's it's unpacking ideas and discussing and all that sort of stuff so i think biasing the, the lessons towards more of that i think is going to be a good thing for the guys that do partake um it kicks off on may the 10th and yeah it's open just click click the link in my bio and you'll you'll head there and can suss it out a little more and also if you want to have a chat uh, anybody that's listening regarding the program, just shoot me a DM. We can jump on a phone call and, and chat and see if it's a good fit. Sweet. Thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate it. Crazy. Thank you.